Well, welcome back to Thinking About It. Uh, I'm here with Dr. Dave Barker in our new studio. You may hopefully notice uh, an improvement in the sound quality. Um, we are grateful for a lot of people around here who are making this possible. Uh, so, Dave, uh, want to talk today. Actually, I don't want to talk about this, but I think at some point it needs to come up. There are contexts where you don't want to have this conversation, and, and maybe thinking about it is the the place for it. And that has to do with when and how to fire your pastor. Um, we can all recall times in the life of our churches, maybe multiple times, when churches had the very difficult and painful experience of dismissing, I don't know that it was always called firing, but you knew whether you were a member or just a, a, a congregational attendee, you knew that something was going on, he's, he's being put out to the curb, and it takes years for a church to get over that. And I just think there's probably a better way to do that. Um, sometimes legal requirements force us to do things that are more um, lawful and calculating than what the gospel would suggest, but I'd just like us to spend just a few minutes just thinking about it. I I don't know that we're going to resolve anything, but if we can make people think more deeply and sensitively and lovingly about that terrible ordeal that is probably on the horizon for a lot of churches, then maybe it'll be a good thing. Um, So, Dave, let's talk about that. Have you, now, we have an article that we're looking at here. It came in out of Crosswalk by Dr. Roger Barrier, and he's got typical reasons for um, dismissing a pastor. There's moral failure, and there's no shortage of those examples, financial malfeasance. Um, But I really want to spend time on number three, where he says, failure to shepherd the sheep. In all all the aspects, not only of the caring, but of leading the sheep, leading the organization, um, we need a new coach. Fire the coach. We need a new coach. We, it's got to be his problem. It's got to be his fault. He's not popular, so he's got to go. Have you got some thoughts about that? Well, there's a, there's a few things that come to mind. Um, one of them is uh, to think about what, in fact, is a shepherd. And when we talk about failure to shepherd the sheep, what is a shepherd? And um, Tim Laniak uh, wrote a fine book years ago on um, shepherding people after God's own heart. Um, and he walked through the fact that shepherding is more than just simply stroking the sheep or caring for the sheep, visiting people in their homes or hospitals, but involved leadership and it involved discipline. It involved protection. Many of the things that we would think about in typical leadership of a church or or anything. So I think we need to be careful a little bit around the whole notion, what does it mean to shepherd the congregation? It's broader than just, you know, seemingly like the notion of just simply caring for your sheep. So I think we have to start there. The responsibility of a shepherd is leadership, guidance, wisdom, discipline, protection, caring, all those factors that, that play in. So when we begin to talk about failure to shepherd the sheep, I think we have to be sure we understand what does it mean to failure, to, 
to, to fail to be a shepherd. Yeah, you're not doing your job, and that's that's the means for dismissal. What is your job, right? right? And uh, do you is that known up front? And I think there are, and this article would stress that the, the thing that a pastor needs to be doing is caring for a sheep in the homes. Mm-hmm. Um, doing that work that doesn't get celebrated in the pulpit, but mm-hmm. it's it's steady work. And I think quite often our problem is that when we hire pastors, um, that whole notion of hiring, I got to get my head wrapped around that. I don't know if I, I love that term, but mm-hmm. we enter into this, this corporate mode where we say, you're going to be the CEO of our church, um, the administrator, the vision caster, everything that we expect uh, someone in, in the corporate world to do, we want that in our church, and we want the numbers to increase, and uh, we want um, you to be popular and well-received, and if that doesn't happen, um, we're going to do to you what they do to people in your position in the corporate world. And I just wonder if that's the kind of hire that we need in the church. Do we have the wrong paradigm? Yeah. Um, I think we... I'm not quite sure what another paradigm would look like. So that is Mm -hmm. a question that comes to my mind when you say what you just said. And then secondly, we do have all the legalities around what it is to hire someone and the eventuality of dismissing that person with the appropriate means and, and legal realities that, that follow that. So I, it's, I don't, I, I think that the system is flawed but I'm not sure I've got a good alternative. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Maybe you do. Mm-hmm. Well, I don't, but I'm, I'm, I want one. <laughs> <laughs> uh, do you, so do you, do you think that churches should, at the, for, the, for the reasons that we're talking about, we don't like the way you're, you're leading uh, the, the church, your sermons are too long, or uh, we just don't feel the vibe anymore. Do you, do you think it's legitimate for a board to say, for the sake of the progress of the church, we need change, and you'll be the change. Um, is, that, is that necessary? Is there another way? Does the church need to be that concerned with the metrics that they're using to make that decision? Well, I think if we start compare, you using metrics and we're trying to compare ourselves with other churches, that's a problem. Mm-hmm. Because every congregation is unique. Every, every congregation has its own kind of sense of mission niche in the place of where the God's work is working and, and that kind of thing. Um, for me, it was, when I was pastoring and I pastored in two churches, for me, it was really important that I walk very closely with the key leaders in the church. And if there was a slippage or something wasn't going right, if my sermons were too long or I wasn't visiting enough or I missed a visit or I I mishandled something, there was no surprise. Um, It was something that was talked about over coffee, uh, one guy, I had breakfast with one guy every Tuesday morning, and he, we would just talk about stuff that's going on, and it was friendly, it was conversational, and hey, Dave, um, you know what, I think probably we could have handled that differently, or maybe think about something like that, and so, you know, we, we sometimes use the word blindsided, mm-hmm. but I don't think there's ever any place for that. Mm -hmm. I I think it's got to come out of a relationship of care and Mm -hmm. love. And maybe perhaps at some point, the key leadership of the church has to say to their 
lead pastor or someone on the pastoral team, I'm sorry, it's just not working. And uh, we're going to have to go a different direction. Mm-hmm. Yeah, one of the reasons we're having this conversation is because just a couple of days ago, CTV announced that their news anchor, Lisa Laflamme, is very popular. I think she's got 2 million viewers uh, on the CTV evening news. And uh, because they're going in a new direction, mm-hmm. which I hear that a yeah. lot, churches say we're going in a new direction. And I just used that phrase, and as soon as I said yeah. it, I immediately thought of Lisa Lafon, yeah. and I kind of I rolled my own eyes at myself on that one. Yeah, and so people are shocked and they're outraged, and I think the same thing happens in a church when we follow the legal guidelines and we blindside a pastor who who maybe shouldn't have been blindsided. Maybe he should have got the messages, but he wasn't getting them. And so he's shocked by uh, the announcement that this is your last day. You have to go. So that's why we're talking about this, Mm. because we've we've got that mode. But do you think um, when the the guy's not getting it, the pastor's not getting it, he has these coffees and he's he's not getting it, he can't change, um, it's his style, the search committee just got the wrong guy in spite of all the prayers that they were doing. He's not a fit. Do you, is his dismissal the first thing you should think about? Or do you, do you just kind of live with it and say, well, this is a, a season that the Lord has brought the church into. Uh, he must be doing something. Uh, we certainly don't have grounds to fire the guy. Yeah, I'd... I'm not sure live with it is, is, is the right response to this. Um, and again, if, if it's something that's been a, a relationship, uh, a conversation, an engagement all along the way, mm-hmm. and they're still not getting it, mm-hmm. yeah, there's an incorrigibility there or a, uh, or a sense of, of a, a, a blindness to the reality. Now... I mean, you and I both know that there are external sources that we can bring in in those situations, mm-hmm. right? Even mm-hmm. our own fellowship mm-hmm. uh, can come in and give counsel and wisdom and, if necessary, mediate. And I, frankly, I think that's a gift. I think that is something that our denomination has as a gift to the churches. And I think, for the most part, from what I understand, they do it very, very well. Um, yeah, so, and and so, you would need that if there's a breakdown, right? Where a pastor says, I disagree with the board. I don't want to leave. I think I'm supposed to still be here. But if you were in that position, um, would you resist it? Like if a board comes to you and just has that conversation, we just think your, your time here is done. We thought it would be longer. It's not working out. The numbers are going down. People are emailing us. Um, it's, uh, it's time to go. Do you, wouldn't you just say, I'm out of here. Um, I don't want to <laughs> fight this. Um, I disagree, but for the sake of the unity of the church, I'll just go quietly and find a different ministry somewhere else, and, and that'll be the way it is. What, why would you, f- would you fight that? I, I, I just I can't imagine doing that. Um, like, I, I pastored a church that went through some tough times, um, and... Uh, yeah, there was dissent in my leadership and my role as pastor. But the critical thing was when I got in the room with the deacons, and there, we, I think we had 12 of them um, back in the day when deacons uh, were kind of the leadership of the church. 
I was safe. And as long as I was safe in that room with those leaders, uh, along with my own team, my own staff, um, frankly, it, it really didn't matter what the rest said. Um, I just felt that I was being covered by, by those people, and uh, it was really helpful. But to answer your question, why would you fight the, and resist um, when the consensus seems that we're not happy with what you're doing? It just, why, it just seems like a very awkward... Well, sometimes a pastor might feel, I, I'm called of God, I... I I know, I know better. Uh, you're wrong. Um, this God has called me here. I, I, uh, you don't have the place to dismiss me. I, th- I think sometimes that's how guys feel. Sure. And you know what? You can't trump the call of God card. <laughs> you really can't call it. You can't trump it. Um, and so I think we have to look harder at what does it mean to be called of God? Yeah. And a critical part of being called of God is not only your own sense of calling in your life, but the affirmation right. of people around you and especially leadership mm-hmm. around you. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's another factor. There's three or four others, but um, I think that to play the call of God card with that soul definition, right. this is what God has told me, I think is a misunderstanding of the call of God in the first place. Yeah. I think, Dave, uh, the reason why... I've never been fired uh, is probably because I had a sense that, you know, nine, ten years, it's just, um, it would be good for the church just to have another voice. Um, I felt my vision had, such as it was, had been accomplished. I didn't really have a, a new vision for the church. And so, had I not dismissed myself or said it's just time for me, I'm, I sense the call of God somewhere else, however you want to frame that. Uh, had it not been for that, I think I might have uh, experienced some of those difficult conversations where the board tells me. Um, we yeah. wonder if it's, it's your time. I, I, yeah, we went through a really exciting time at the last church I was at at, at Stony Creek. And I remember we were celebrating and the chair of the board came along and said to me, oh, this is wonderful. So what's our next mountain to climb? <laughs> and I, I just felt my knees buckle at that moment. And I thought, oh, man. Um, and, you know, and I, I, that wasn't my termination point, but it, it just sometimes you do kind of get a sense, okay, I think I've come as far as I can here and it's time for me to, to move along. And, and similar to you, um, it was my own choice that caused yeah, and me to I don't move think along. we should have a theological problem with that because gifts and gifted people mm-hmm. are ordered by the Lord. He gives them and he moves them around. And if uh, what I have is, is necessary for a church, and this is how we, we figured it out, Eleanor and I, that God had uniquely qualified me to serve in Toronto where I was in a unique way. And now here at Grandview, there are reasons that we can see why it's a good fit. And so um, we can imagine God moving the players around to advantage the church for his glory. So it, it's not a failure when you say, I'm done here. You know, um, it's just the sense that God is doing And it's things. not a failure when others come to you, your leaders come to you and right. say, you know what, 
you know, uh, you've had a ministry here for X number of years, and and you know what? But I think it's time for us to for you to move on and allow us. Here we go with that, go in a different direction right. or go in a direction that we originally right. wanted. I don't. We don't have to view that as a failure, right? And to give. God, thanks for the good things that happened under your watch. It can be much better than the pink slip. You're gone. Clean out your desk. um, Whatever. Don't, you know, here's hush money. Don't talk to anybody. (laughs) That is just so worldly in my view. And God spare us from that. Well, Dave, um, we're out of time. We haven't resolved anything, but hopefully our listeners um, we'll think deeply about uh, how they respond when it's time to go in another direction. We'll put it that way. So until then, I'm Dave. Oh, you're Dave. I'm Bob. <laughs> Bob McGregor, uh, thinking about it, and you're Dave Barker. And we'll see you next time. Thank you. Mm-hmm.